0: Welcome to the Workplace Chameleon. This is Dr. Selena. Hello. I am excited you are here, whether you are listening to your first podcast with me, or you've been along for the journey, and we are on number 51. Huh. That's kind of cool. I am kicking off a four-part series, and we're going to do some things in this next set, that are probably much more related to the kind of speaking and training that I do, along with some of the upcoming writing that we have planned to publish. And you're going to hear probably more on the what's the research say. And as I like to note, I look at the research and the data, and I apply sometimes a snarky sense of humor or sarcastic or a little flippant but at least some humor and then figure out how does this apply in our organizations today? So first of all, we have a four-part series designed for episodes 51, 52, 53, and 54. From there, we'll see where it goes. But in this series, I really want to look at systems. We can usually see in the headlines examples of broken systems. We can look at that as a society in so many ways, but I'm going to stay within the business genre for this episode and the focus of my work of how organizations are really in an ecosystem. No organization can exist on its own. We rely on each other. And while that isn't news to some of us, I really want us considering this in new ways. If you're scrolling or reading through the headlines and there's something about supply chain on there, well, supply chain happens within a system. We've had some recent headlines over airlines and complexities and infrastructure around trying to map out and grow and respond to demand, right? So there's just lots of examples around us, and we see it every day. Today, I want you to pause just a little bit more and understand the connectedness between what we do every day with each other and how completely reliant we are on that. Now, in my snark, I could say, gee, we should have learned that in 2020 with a pandemic. And I think more of us have an appreciation for it. But let's take a look at some of the research on this, how it applies to us, and what are some things you need to think about, whether you are a people leader, a technical leader, a project leader, whether you're an individual contributor, making your way through this thing called earning a living. That's what we want to focus on in this space. So I say systems, but systems thinking is a way to really understand and analyze how entities interact, how relationships form as part of a system. It looks at the whole picture or the bigger picture instead of just individual parts in the system. One of the ways I look at that in employment is that as an individual contributor, I pretty much just have to worry about me. In this exchange for making a living, my employer expects to pay me this and I am expected to uh, provide that, whatever that is I am contributing. And unless individual contributors want to be seen as a jerk teammate, they're good to other people too, right? They're good to work with. They... Contribute wider than themselves, but they're focused on their specific work. Now, I also know you know some rude or uncooperative coworkers, and that's a different episode, or actually lots of different episodes. So, individual contributors just have to worry about them. You step into a leadership role, your scope has to widen. You can no longer just see your role, you have to now begin thinking about that ripple effect. So in systems thinking, it's important for us to understand how different parts of a system are really interconnected and how they influence each other. One of my favorite examples that you may have heard from me uh, when I speak to groups is that you know this is when you open up your email in the morning, your response is, what? Who came up with this idea? And you say that in some sort of exasperated way because somebody just made a decision that impacts something you care about. Where else does this show up? It shows up in a root cause analysis. For us to be able to identify potential problems and find solutions, we have to look at the relationships between them. Now, systems thinking shows up many different places. In the sciences, Right? In our environment, we look at how different elements, climate, human activity, wildlife, right, interact and impact each other. So if we're going to look at relationships and connections with systems, we can look at economics, how different markets and industries are interconnected, and how change affects others. One of my difficult ones in recent months has been watching a company shut down in one of our small rural Iowa communities. Well, we lose those 45 jobs, but those are also 45 residents, either in that town or surrounding towns. Those are 45 shoppers who might be driving by a convenience store on their way to work or in a local grocery store. Or school systems, they may be parenting and they've got kids in school systems. We know that to be local shopping versus online shopping, right? Economic systems. Understand that different markets and industries, but so do community or social systems. Because we know when one business goes out, other businesses are affected or other groups or individuals within that societal area interact and influence each other. We see this in political systems, different branches of government and how other um, uh, political entities interact and influence policy decisions. There's so many examples, especially in the sciences, right? Oh, we could go to biology, how different parts of an organism function together to keep us going. Those are just a few examples, but when you start watching around you with intention, with increased awareness, you then start solving for the right things. You understand how things are connected. And that's really what being a leader in an organizational system requires of us, that we have a responsibility for the overall direction And management of the systems that support an organization's operation. In my uh, little business here, right, with the five of us and the work we do, I have to pay attention to multiple systems. My employees are part of their ecosystem and how they interact. What do they need from me as an employer? How can I honor them as people and contributors to this work? I think about my financial systems, that I have to be able to pay my bills, that we have to have more income than we have expenses, or at least have the same amount of income to expenses. And I have to follow certain rules and compliance, and I need to pay my self-employment taxes on time, and all those good things. Certainly our customer system of who do we know, how do we generate work, what's that work look like? Right. Those are just three of the systems. But as a leader, I have to be able to design and implement process and procedures. I've done that throughout my life, director of operations, different roles that I've held, right? Coordinating the work at different teams or departments and ensuring whether you have five people or 500 people or 50,000 people that all the organization's systems are efficient and effective in achieving your goals. So to lead in this area, you have to have a strong understanding of what is your company about, what is its mission and goals, and the ability to compare that to existing systems. There is no doubt that the people skills around communicating with others to convey your ideas and work to implement changes are critical skills in that. Bottom line reminder for this episode is you can't lead people alone. You can't lead people alone. As leaders, we have to be able to not only set that vision and make decisions, but foster collaboration cooperation, teamwork. We have to be able to develop effective relationships and communicate effectively to influence other people to those goals. It has to be built on a foundation of trust while we build credibility. We have to be able to lead by example. So while you can't lead people alone, uh, alone sometimes leadership is lonely. Why can it be lonely? Hmm, What are you thinking about? If you're leading and you feel lonely sometimes, why is that? Because we carry the weight of that responsibility. Sometimes I see this pop up in organizations where there is only one of you in that type of position So there's nobody else doing exactly what you do, which means there aren't like people to talk with who understand that role and the challenges and opportunities that may come with it. Maybe there's other people in that role, but you don't have the kind of relationship with them that you'd like, or something has happened along the way, or maybe it's a new relationship and it just doesn't feel like you can rely on it as much. So in systems, when there's all this activity and connection and this need for collaboration, maybe today we just consider how we show up in that because that is complicated. And while we need those relationships sometimes, it's just lonely. So what are some things that we can do to... Overcome maybe that feeling of getting stuck, or maybe there's a dilemma that we're facing because in this moment, it seems daunting or lonely or an opportunity. Here are some things I think about. When leading in systems, sometimes you need to pause, take a step back, collect your thoughts, Make observations, look around you, see connections. Number two, you need to be able to know what resources to go to for what information, right? When you start looking at parts of that system, you need to know who holds what, where those resources are. And find ways to get connected. Now, you have to do this in genuine ways. Otherwise, it's fake or false or might even be seen as manipulative. But great relationships take time and effort, genuine time and effort. So being a leader in an organizational system, right, you've got to be able to have those Relationship skills, those people skills. You've got to have some analytical skills to be able to see, identify areas for improvement within the system. But I think about just when things happened. When you're stuck in leading in that system. Maybe it feels like there's more closed doors right now. Maybe you're not in the space you need to be. What are some things that you can continue to do? Number one, you got to persist. If you are convinced this is the space you need to be in right now and you can make a positive impact, you have to stick with it. Then you need to look for those opportunities. Where are those moments, those meetings, those events, the conversations that you can be present in to really understand what's going on. Because again, leading in systems is not superficial. It is the broad view, but it is also being able to know when to go deep enough to figure out what is going on or what is happening in those individual elements of the system to see how those parts go together. How can you use that information today to look at what systems you are part of at any given moment? We are all part of multiple systems every day, every move we make. Now, some of those you may be a formal leader in, some of those you may not be. It's even worth, I think, considering how we participate in a system. What do we bring to it? Are we offering contributions or are we simply just trying to survive in it? This entire conversation just takes us a little bit different direction. And part of that is if we're really going to solve organizational challenges at root cause level, we've got to be able to see the wider system. I think it's especially important as we look at organizations and where systems break down and then make headlines. What happened there? We didn't see the interconnectedness soon enough. We didn't invest in the infrastructure. I've been a bit fascinated with the word scaffolding lately, because that's really what leaders do is build scaffolding so people can get where they need to get Do what they need to do. But scaffolding doesn't work just as one piece or one level, or if a wheel is off and it's crooked. Again, my style, my way of seeing the world. Yet every day when I walk into organizations, I see this need for us to look at the wider picture and look at those relationships and interactions between parts in the system because it is in those gaps that we seek to improve so that it has a ripple effect across. Now, you're not going to be able to solve or fix or improve every part or element of a system, which is why you have to prioritize. And because we're working on our systems thinking skills as a leader, because you cannot do this alone, you may set priorities for what areas to work on, but if that is not the priority for the organization, or if it's not in alignment with others, you're going to be fixing the wrong thing. So again, while leadership is critical to the effectiveness of our organizations and your role as a leader requires you to improve and increase your systems thinking to be effective and complex organizational systems today, you can't do that alone. You need other people and you have to practice. This doesn't just happen overnight. So today, by investing a few minutes with me, I want you to pause, look around you, name the systems, Name the whole part and the subparts. How do they interact with each other? And what's your next best move? If there are improvements to make or gaps to be closed or issues to be addressed, how are they related? And then choose with others who should be involved. What's the best use of your energy today, tomorrow, this week, this year? You know that from a planning standpoint, whether it's a strategic plan, whether it's goals for your department, or you're still working on your New Year's resolution. What is the best place for you to make an impact today? My hope for you is this time together continues to stir up thoughts for what you need when you need it. So on behalf of the Workplace Chameleon, learn something new today smash mental health stigmas and make good choices until next time this is dr selena